25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's go. Hour number two has begun. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. What up from Hoover, Alabama, here at uh, Hoover Metropolitan Stadium, home of the SEC baseball tournament, where later today Ole Miss and Mississippi State are going to take part in some elimination games here on day four of the tournament. We've narrowed it down to enough teams now. You don't have enough to have four games, just two of them. And so to, uh, today, this afternoon, at 3 p.m. Central Time, you're going to have Arkansas versus Ole Miss. Later tonight, you're going to have LSU versus Mississippi State elimination game. So those are your, your two games that will take place here at the tournament. Welcome in. You want to tweet me, feel free. tweetly diddly deet at Radio Wyatt. Send a tweet right there. A reminder that all the guests on the show and, and every caller – Gator Greg and everybody else that calls the show. It uh, happens on the Divini phone, the Divini Equipment phone line. Now, uh, I'm actually not taking your phone calls today, but we'll be picking that back up on uh, Monday of next week. But jot down the number just in case and keep it handy if you um, don't have it. Keep it in the glove box if you ever want to call the show while you're driving around. You'll have the number handy. It's uh, 601 area code 995-1059. Got it? Nine nine five one zero five nine. Thanks for tuning in. Here's a heads up. Coming up in this hour, uh, there's been a lot of baseball so far. We're going to flip it and do some football for you because yesterday I began something that I've done for a while. It's always a lot of fun. It's a great way. I feel like it's fun and. And you always seem to kind of enjoy it, so it's fun to do. It's a great way to track down the college football season and keep track of how many days left and how close you are. And um, it'll be here before you know it, certainly. And that is a countdown of 100 teams in the last 100 days leading up to the start of the season. So around here, August the 31st is the start of the football season. That's when state and Ole Miss and Southern Miss are all going to tee it up and play their first games on August the 31st. So that's kind of the uh, official open to the college football season around here. Yesterday, we were 100 days from that, so we began the countdown of 100 teams. Today is 99 days. We are inside of 100. And so today, we're going to preview team number 99. And a bonus, we'll do team number 98 as well since tomorrow Saturday. We don't have a show. We'll go ahead and do tomorrow's team as well. So teams number 99 and number 98 on the countdown of the 100 teams, 100 days leading up to the start of the college football season. So that's coming up later in the show. If you're just tuning in, in the first hour, a pretty substantial recap 
of everything that happened yesterday here in Hoover at the SEC tournament with Ole Miss getting a one to nothing win over Texas A&M to to advance and eliminate the Aggies, and a one to nothing loss for Mississippi State to Vanderbilt, and in spite of a really strong pitching outing from the SEC pitcher of the year, Ethan Small. So State has moved over into uh, an elimination game. That's why they're playing LSU tonight in a rematch. Both these games tonight are rematches of games earlier in the week. If you want to catch some of that, you can go and look online at thezone1059.com. Look at the on-demand section right there. Or uh, anywhere that you get a podcast, you can, you know, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, all of those, Spotify, just go and search and subscribe to The Matt Wyatt Show. You'll see it there. Just subscribe to it, and every day you get the show kind of broken up into a couple of different hours for you, and you can go back and listen that way. If that's if that's what you want, that'll get you kind of primed uh, for those games and maybe for the rest of the weekend as well. So that's all coming up. And including, too, here in just a second, I'm going to jump into just a real quick and dirty preview of these games. Rematch between Ole Miss and Arkansas. We'll look back at what happened when they played each other a couple days ago. Same thing for State and LSU. Look back at that 17-inning marathon, (laughs) which uh, has uh, been well talked about, and we'll preview that game tonight. But what you have right now is um, a story that is ongoing, uh, began to be reported really, you know, heavily and I guess confirmed for the most part yesterday on Thursday. And that is this carousel that um, it's really more of a merry-go-round in the SEC in terms of athletics directors. It continues and you know, with people that are, you know, employed by one SEC school in athletics or in coaching or in one or the other move into another school in the conference to go do the same job. We've had a bunch of that, and now it's continuing with Ole Miss Athletics Director Ross Bjork expected to or taking that same role with Texas A&M. I know yesterday one of the first to confirm it was Dennis Dodd of CBS. You know, that's one of those sources uh, that pops out there, then it takes off because it's credible. And they say, yeah, somebody's confirmed to us. Um, then it means somebody said, look, it can't be on the record, but, yeah, it's happening. And that's pretty much the way that works. So, Ross Bjork, he's replacing Scott Woodward, who left Texas A&M to go be the AD at LSU <laughs> last month. So, the guy leaves A&M to go to another SEC school. And so, A&M goes and hires the AD from an SEC school. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have a a reason, a definitive reason that it's happening more now than it used to happen. There was this idea back when Mike Slive was the commissioner of the SEC. There was an idea that he discouraged the the poaching of coaches from other SEC schools. You know, he, he discouraged that. Like, it, it's not going to be good for the conference if, hey, you know, uh, Alabama needs a coach, and so they go hire him away a good coach from another SEC school. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I, I didn't ever hear it come out of Mike Slive's mouth myself. I just heard it from other third and fourth parties somewhere down the chain. And, again, the idea was that he discouraged that. Whether he did or not, I, I don't know. I just know it didn't happen much when Mike Slive was the athletic, uh, the uh, commissioner of the conference. And under Greg Sankey, you know, Sankey has – really strong 
like pre-existing relationships with a lot of the people that are in the conference. He and John Cohen go way back. He and Scott Strickland go way back down the road. He and Greg Byrne, friends, and you know, go way back together. So there's a lot of fam- familiarity there. But it does seem like that both ADs and, and from a coaching perspective, there's been a whole lot more of hiring away from your fellow SEC schools under Greg Sankey as commissioner than previously. It's almost like he, he just has a different philosophy on it. Um, and that's fine. I, you know, honestly, for me personally, I don't see, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, you're the premier conference in athletics in the country. Um, when you look at the, the whole thing, you, you certainly, you know, you combine all the major sports. The SEC is a premier conference, so there's just no shortage of of people, qualified people, all over the country that are hireable by SEC schools. It's not like there's a shortage of coaches and you shouldn't poach them away. You've just seen more of it. You know, Mullen going from, <clears throat> excuse me, Mullen going from state to Florida. You know, these ADs jumping around. Uh, Strickland from state to Florida. Woodward now from A&M to LSU. Bjork now from Ole Miss headed over to uh, Texas A&M. You know, the other side of this is you look at the Ole Miss situation. Okay, so Bjork's leaving. I got news for you. The fact is there aren't a lot of people in Oxford and around there that are sad to see this happen. Now, that's nothing personal. They don't, nobody would ever, ever mean that. I don't, I don't think mean it personally. Ross has not personally rubbed people the wrong way. He's always been a nice guy. He's got a great family. He's, he's a nice individual. But by and large, the athletics department has been an absolute mess in his time there. Now, Texas A&M hiring him away is a nod to the theory that it was a mess before he got there, frankly. That a lot of the things that happened were out of his control, frankly. That's what this is a nod to. Again, you know, this is not an opinion piece at this point for me. What I'm telling you is that's what it looks like on the surface. But on the Ole Miss side of it, there never was a feeling that Bjork was a really strong leader. A lot of that had to do with he was hamstrung by the the lack of leadership at the highest level at that place. Now they're sitting there in a position getting ready to hire a chancellor who's then going to turn around and hire an AD. So these hires are really important. When you look at it right now, where things are at this very moment, that place, uh, that university, is leaderless. That's what they are. They are leaderless. Some might argue that it's not much of a change, but that's where they are right now. So the chancellor hire is probably going to come first, and then the new chancellor is going to hire an athletics director. I'll be interested to see what you know the, the situation is going forward, but I've always just kind of felt like, you know, as I sit here and talk about it with you on Friday morning, um, I, I just have always felt like in my gut that it seemed like a natural move for Mike Bianco, the baseball coach, after 20 years basically in that position, to move into the athletics director chair. You know, I just kind of had that gut feeling about it. I had a gut feeling about John Cohen, and, you know, that turned out to be right. And, you know, if you're if you're interested in athletics, you look across a conference, you look at the stability 
that the former baseball coach Ray Tanner has given South Carolina. Now, the baseball program has taken a step back when he wasn't coaching them. He obviously was really good. But he has stabilized that thing in the football deal with Muschamp, believed in him. They've done okay. Um, basketball, they've been through that. But he stabilized things with Frank Martin. He's done a good job. You look at the job that former baseball coach John Cohen is doing and has done at Mississippi State. Good hires. Um, baseball has not taken a step back with Cohen as the AD. The, the facilities, the fundraising, um, the you know they're going to build a new indoor tennis facility. They, I mean, everything is a in a positive direction. It feels like under John Cohen at Mississippi State, and I just think that if Mike Bianco is interested in being the athletics director at Ole Miss, I think he'd make a good one. Uh, and it just, again, <clears throat> for a guy who's been coaching baseball there for 19 years, a better part of two decades, you know, it seems like um, the next step. It seems like a logical step. It seems like it would be a, a stabilizing step for them. It seems that way. You know, if you, you make the right hire at Chancellor, you take someone in Mike Bianco who has been um, – Frankly, he's someone that with his consistency has kind of propped up the entire athletics department over the last two decades at times. When you had the roller coaster ride in football and the you know the the mini roller coaster ride in basketball. Baseball's always been a constant thing. Uh he's someone who knows that everybody involved with that school, every major donor and someone who's well thought of. So those are my thoughts on that. <clears throat> you get back to Bjork. He's 46 years old, and he's just the AD at a time when, you know, they just, to obvious to everyone in the country, glaring issues with football, with recruiting. They're under investigation the whole time. It ended in the sanctions, the probation, the two-year bowl ban, the scholarship cuts, probation that is still ongoing, all that kind of stuff. One thing that is different about this if you look at it, there was this sort of internal reprimand on the Ole Miss situation from a conference level. And here's what I mean by that. Hugh Freeze fired, you know, for all the different things that we know about there at Ole Miss. But Hugh Freeze, when the penalties come out, he doesn't have a show cause. He doesn't have something that keeps him from coaching in the SEC. Maybe being a head coach, yeah, at the time but could coach in the SEC. Didn't have anything that would keep him from um, from an NCAA perspective being able to, while Ole Miss is suffering with the penalties, nothing on the NCAA sheet that says he can't go work at Alabama as an assistant or some other school. But it was the conference who said, no, that's not happening. We're not going to have it. Not while this thing over here is smoldering. Are you going to go and get the job over there? We're not doing that. But Bjork, it's going to be okay for him to get out of the the Ole Miss situation and go to another uh, SEC school there at Texas A&M. And so you're looking at a situation where Bjork's going to be at A&M or is at A&M and is – looking across at his same division now in the SEC at the job he left while it's still smoldering. 
uh, from all the NCAA stuff. I don't know. It's just an interesting look. I don't know. I, interesting is probably not the uh, right word, but that's all I could come up with. He's a young guy, 46 years old. And they had some success on the field, but all oh, that's the multiple programs on probation. Uh, the football deal, the, the two-year bowl ban, just a terrible look. And and that whole time, every time Ross was interviewed or in front of a camera or reporter, you know, you always got the feeling that he he's merely like repeating some things that he has to say. Which again, did it never really gave the strongest indication of leadership, frankly. And on the Texas A&M side, when this story's coming out here today, on the Texas A&M side of it. You have a big, huge portion of that fan base that's saying, why are we making this hire? You know, given everything we know and have seen, you know, is there not somebody with a a clean resume that could come in here and do this? So the reactions really are just all over the map, all over the spectrum. To wrap it up, though, what we do know is it's on to more searches. And, uh, you know, again, a a university that is leaderless right now will now add the athletics department in there too. Not much of a surprise, but go ahead and add that onto the list of hires, big important hires, important, big-time important hires that are going to have to be made uh, there at Ole Miss. Hey, I'm Adam in the Farm Bureau studio, live with you here in Hoover, Alabama, at the SEC Baseball Tournament, Hoover Metropolitan Stadium. Ain't nobody here but me. Feels that way anyway. I have the windows shut because there's no PA music. There's no games going on at this time of day. There will be uh, certainly later today games going on. Coming up, going to preview, continue the preview of 100 teams in 100 days on the college football countdown. This is day number 99. We're 99 days away from August the 31st when uh, we're going to tee it up around here. There'll be some games earlier in August, but August 31st. Be uh, game one for Ole Miss, State, Southern Miss, everybody around here. So that countdown is uh, continuing on. Uh, last night, it was uh, a one-zip loss in the last game for Mississippi State to Vanderbilt. Two teams that just pitched phenomenally. Four pitchers on the mound for Vanderbilt. They face a Mississippi State team who's not going to cover off the ball all year long, switching a few things up in their lineup. But uh, as a staff, Vandy uh, gives up no runs on six hits, struck out ten, and they only walk one. Mississippi State got a huge start from Ethan Small. Only two guys to the mound, Ethan Small and then Plumley threw an inning. So they combined to go one run on three hits, 11 strikeouts, and just three walks. If you look at the line for Ethan Small against that Vanderbilt lineup, I just think that, uh, yeah, this, I mean, it, Ethan Small, not that he hadn't already made plenty of money with his performance this year, but I think he made some money with that performance last night. Ethan Small, seven innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, and just two walks. Through 102 pitches, 68 of those were strikes. Ole Miss played a one to nothing game earlier in the day yesterday and won it. One to zip over Texas A&M. They got that one run in the ninth inning. Texas A&M's starting pitcher, uh, Doxakis went eight innings, no runs on no hits. He no-hit Ole Miss through eight innings, but they pulled him at 99 pitches. Ran some other guys out there in the ninth inning, and Thomas Dillard led off 
with a single. Later, over to second base, and Zabowski doubled him in to go up one zip. And probably, again, a shot in the arm to your confidence is Parker Caracy, who just been hammered in his last few outings uh, by opposing hitters. He goes out there and shut Texas A&M down, pitched that ninth inning, had the one strikeout, got a ground ball out, one fly out, one strikeout, but faced three batters, and they got the win. So they got to advance. That was an elimination game yesterday as Texas A&M went home. So another elimination game with their backs against the wall today here in Hoover. Ole Miss will face Arkansas. It's a rematch of the game from a couple of days ago. Um, what happened in that game? Let's go back to it. That was a 5-3 to three win for Arkansas over Ole Miss uh, two days ago. Uh, Dillard had a pretty good day at the plate against Arkansas over there. He was uh, two for five in that loss. And, you know, uh, it was a 2 to nothing Arkansas lead in the third inning. Ole Miss tied it in the fifth and then took a 3-2 lead in the sixth. But then Arkansas immediately answered and retook the lead in the bottom, went on to put an insurance run on the board in the eighth inning and and um, and sent Ole Miss to the loser's bracket with that 5-3 to three win. In Mississippi State, they have the rematch tonight against LSU. And, buddy, it's um, it, we're going to have 17 more innings. Obviously, nobody's you know hoping or praying for that. But that's what happened the last time they faced off. 17 innings the other night. Well documented. All right. I hear the music. About to bounce. Coming up. Counting down college football teams. We'll do that next. Live from the SEC tournament here in Hoover, Alabama. Stick around. Let's go. Rolling along. Welcome back to the show. I'm Matt, live in Hoover, Alabama, at the Hoover Metropolitan Stadium, where the 2019 SEC Baseball Tournament is taking place. No early games here today, so I'm one of just a few people here running around. you got a lot of folks kind of getting the stadium ready for a 3 p.m. first pitch elimination game, Arkansas Ole Miss, followed by 6.30 or so. First pitch elimination game, Mississippi State, LSU, both those games rematches here today in Hoover. Be interesting to see. And then uh, what happens this weekend, they're going to play it all the way through the championship on Sunday, and then we'll have selection uh, for regionals on Monday. We'll find out who, which teams Mississippi State is going to host, what seed they are, all that kind of stuff, and we'll find out the destination for Ole Miss as well. But right now, everybody's enjoying SEC tournament stuff. Hey, you can be a part of the show. You always can be. You can text me, 885-ESPN. You can tweet me, at Radio Wyatt. You can call the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That means they've been doing it better longer than anybody else. You're not in business that long unless you're doing it right. And they are at Divinity. And Kubota, just a phenomenal product and if you haven't tried it if you hadn't sat in a seat put your hands on the wheel yet head on out there and do that they'll let you test drive it and um, let you even rent the equipment and get the job done bring it back <laughs> that's a great way to go 
uh, as well. Thanks for tuning in all week as well. And I just want a special shout-out real quick to uh, Caleb Hamill, who hosted with me the last couple of days here. Caleb, a young and up-and-coming broadcaster, does a great job with high school play-by-play stuff. I think Caleb's got a bright future. But great kid and really enjoyed – I call him kid. Heck, he's getting on up there <laughs> – now, I guess everybody's a kid to me, you know, the older I get, but great guy and uh, really enjoyed having him on. Does a great job. And I'm going to you know, try to get Caleb involved with the show some more uh, going forward as his schedule would allow. Hey, speaking of schedules, mention this to you and it's time to do it right now. Going to continue something I started yesterday, a countdown of 100 football teams, college football teams, leading up to the start of the college football season. And today is team number 99. All right, who do you think it is? 100 teams. Today is number 99. Here on May the 24th, we are 99 days away from August the 31st when we're going to start things off in college football. And team number 99 on my list that I got from the FPI, the Football Power Index, is Anchors Away. Sing it. The Navy Midshipmen. doesn't get any better than that, does it? Navy is not very good a year ago. That's why they're all the way down there at number 99. Three wins on the season last year. Memphis, Lehigh, and Tulsa. They had some close losses in there as well. And a really good ball game with Notre Dame. Still just three wins when it was all said and done. So if you look at last year's Navy team, so you look at they start the season uh, at Hawaii. How about that? So instead of finishing the year with like a bowl trip, they pretty much began the year with, with a bowl trip. Went to Hawaii for their season opener last year on September 1st. Gave up 59 points and a loss, 59-41. But they looked to maybe have it back on track. They hosted – a really good Memphis team in week two and beat them 22-21. to 21. Low scoring, but a good ball game. So Navy has it on track. Week three, they play Lehigh. They should blow them out. They do, 51-21. And then in week four of the season last year, they went on the road again. They're sitting there at 2-1 and one with a win over Memphis. Went on the road to SMU in Dallas. Played an overtime game against SMU and lost. 31 to 30, and that's when it kind of started the wheels coming off for that Navy team. They then lost the next week at Air Force 35 to 7, came back for back to back home games against Temple and Houston, lost them both, lost to Temple 24 to 17, and lost to Houston 49 36. Get this, you get on into late October then, and they're sitting there with a record. Of two and five, they're two and five after the loss to Houston. 
they played Notre Dame, number three Notre Dame, competitive game, but lost 44-22. to And then the next week at Cincinnati, just got hammered 42 to nothing. You mix in there a close loss the next week. So so one week they're on the road at Cincinnati last year. They lose 42-0. They turn around the next week and go to UCF, who was a top-15 team, and played a really close game and lost 35-24. So mid-November, they get the win over Tulsa, 37-29. Finish the season two straight losses to Tulane, 29-28 by one point. And in the season finale, the loss in the big rivalry game to Army, lost 17 to 10 so you know a a three-win season but they've got an overtime loss by one point to SMU they have an 11 point loss on the road at top 15 UCF uh, an 11 point I'm sorry a one point loss to Tulane and a touchdown loss to Army in their rivalry game so while it was a really bad year it, it was close to not being nearly as bad here and there, a couple of one-point losses mixed in there. This year for Navy, they're going to start the season against Holy Cross and then an interesting matchup in Week 2 when they will host East Carolina, which is kind of starting over. Uh, Their football program had really just kind of bottomed out under the previous coaching staff, and they are still suffering from letting go Ruffin McNeil, who really had that thing going and was doing a good job there at East Carolina. They're going to go to Memphis. And they're going to host Air Force. And uh, this year, uh, really interesting, on November the 16th, Navy will play at Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. And if you want to circle it, if it's a bucket list, the Army-Navy game, and if this is the year for you that you're going to go, that you definitely want to go, put it on the calendar. It's going to be Saturday, December the 14th. That's the actual date, Saturday, December the 14th Army-Navy, so uh, there's that one. Neutral site game, and they've played it in Philadelphia a bunch, and, and maybe that's where it's going to be uh, this year. You can look that one up. But team number 99 in the countdown of 100 teams, the Navy midshipmen. And just because it's Navy, I'm playing it one more time. You know, so if we talk about fight songs and we play fight songs of teams – I mean, this is more than just a fight song. But it is their fight song. And from now on, I will always include Navy in my top three fight songs of all time. Anchors away, my boy. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, and like I told you, uh, just a heads up, we're going to do team number 98 also today, coming up in a few minutes, just because uh, that'll be Saturday. We won't have a show. Good stuff. All right, rolling along with you here on this uh, Friday on the show, live in the Farm Bureau studio on location at Hoover Metropolitan Stadium, home of the SEC tournament here in Hoover, Alabama. Games later this afternoon. Don't have a game going on right now. So the audio is a little better for you. Because <laughs> you, you don't hear anybody cheering in the background. Then, oh, by the way, the whistler was not too bad last night. He didn't have much of an opportunity. One to nothing ball game. We'll do team number 98 and wrap things up for you next. Coming up here on the show. Stick around. 
wrap things up for the week, for the day, with you here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Say it with me. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. This show stayed connected to you all week because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, customer-inspired at C Spire. In fact, all week long when I took your phone calls, like Gator Greg called me, you know, and he's I see it on the call screen, and Roger typed in what he wanted to talk about. I was able to see all that all week long because of my handy-dandy iPhone 8 Plus from C Spire with the LTE coverage that I'm getting here in Hoover, Alabama. Just one example of how C Spire helps me stay connected to you around the clock, whether it's videoing, uploading, podcasting, uh, publishing, live streaming, everything. <laughs> Thanks to C Spire. All right. Um, just a, a heads up as we get ready to wrap up. You do have a 3 o'clock first pitch today. It's going to be a rematch of Ole Miss-Arkansas from two days ago. Arkansas won at 5-3, to three, sent Ole Miss to the loser's bracket. Ole Miss then advanced past A&M. They're going to meet up again because Georgia beat Arkansas yesterday in the winner's bracket game. So elimination game today, Arkansas-Ole Miss. That will be 3 p.m. After that one, they've got it scheduled for 6.15, 6.30. We'll just see what time it starts. It will be a rematch Mississippi State-LSU. They played a 17-inning game the last time they faced each other two nights ago. You know, and into the wee hours of the morning, and it ended with a 6-5 Mississippi State win. But State didn't get past Vanderbilt last night, a one to nothing loss. Ethan Small was fantastic, but couldn't get any run support. And so Vandy moved on. State moves over to the loser's bracket. Now the rematch with LSU. LSU got this really weird, dramatic kind of walk-off win against Auburn yesterday. If you didn't see it, it was just – Crazy. Auburn's leading in the ninth inning by a run. Auburn's up by a run. They just need three outs. There's two outs. And LSU got runners on second and third. And a pitch goes to the plate, and the Auburn catcher didn't catch it cleanly. He thought it got away. He couldn't find the baseball. It stopped basically right in front of him. He couldn't see it. And as he twisted around looking all over the place to try to find it, he couldn't find it. He kicked the baseball away towards the first base dugout accidentally, and a kid on third base for LSU took off and went and scored. Tied the game on a wild pitch. So the first baseman for Auburn ran over there and picked up the baseball, and inexplicably, with Drew Bianco for LSU standing on third base, threw it at the catcher for no reason and threw it away. And next time when he threw it away, Bianco took off running and scored the winning run. LSU wins 6-5. to five. They scored two runs on one wild pitch to win the baseball game. One of the, one of the more just weird and crazy and goofy endings uh, you're ever <laughs> going to see in college baseball. After the game, I saw an interview with Paul Maneri, and he said, as long as I've been coaching, I don't think I've ever seen that. Score two runs to win a game on a, one wild pitch. Never seen anything like it. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, add to the – add – go ahead and just add that on to the list of things that lead you to believe that somewhere along the way, in regards to the SEC tournament in Hoover, LSU made some kind of deal. <laughs> they went through some crossroads somewhere and made some kind of deal with the devil. 
because they have some kind of little magic going on over here that nobody else does. That's just that's just a fact. All right, so 100 college football teams in 100 days. Today is day number 99. 99 days from August the 31st where we will have kickoff to the 2019 college football season. Tomorrow would, coulda, shoulda, be day number 98. But we don't have a show tomorrow. So today we get the bonus. Let's do it. Here we go. Counting them down. College football. Rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. Who is it? Who's the 98th team on the list? Give you a hint. It's a team from the Big Ten who won four games a year ago. Bet you don't recognize this fight song. That would be the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Illinois began the season 2-0 last year. Then lost a couple to go 2-2. Then they won against Rutgers. Everybody did, though. Our team from yesterday. Wait a minute. Side, side note, fight song for Illinois is called Oski Wow Wow. Not kidding you. It's called Oski Wow Wow. <laughs> so they started the season 3-2. and two. Then they lost three more and went 3-5. and five. Beat Minnesota to go four and five and finish with three straight losses. They go four and eight on the season last year, and that's how it looked. So for Illinois, their wins last year were over Kent State, Western Illinois, Rutgers, and Minnesota. Their losses to South Florida, to Penn State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa, and Northwestern. Now, that I've told you that they won four games and they lost those eight. Listen to this. Soak this in for posterity. (laughs) These are the points totals that the Illinois defense allowed. Is Lovey Smith still the head coach at Illinois? Yeah, he got himself an extension. Listen to the defensive points allowed in Big Ten football games. Are you ready? And I'm not talking about the two wins, Rutgers and Minnesota. These are the Big Ten losses for the for Illinois. These are the points totals they gave up. 63 to Penn State, 46 to Purdue, 49 to Wisconsin, 63 to Maryland, 54 to Nebraska, 63 to Iowa, and 24 to Northwestern in their final game. It's like against Northwestern at Northwestern, who was a top-20 team, the final game of the year. Illinois went in there, you know, and it's in-state, Northwestern versus Illinois, rivalry. And they go in there and they actually played some defense and lost 24-16. to But holy cow. Big Ten losses, conference losses where you give up 63, 46, 49, 63, 54, and 63. Folks, that Illinois defense allowed 63 points in a conference game three times. 
And one of those was a 63 to nothing loss to Iowa. Now listen, y'all saw Iowa in the bowl game, and Iowa beat Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, it happened. Okay, it happened. But y'all saw them. Like, how how bad do you have to be on defense to give up 63 points to that Iowa team? Tell the truth. Let me take a sip of coffee. Hang on. I'm flabbergasted. I was had to have a sip of coffee. Yeah, they were really, really bad on defense last year. And so, you know, again, non-conference stuff is, is pretty soft. Kent State, Western Illinois, South Florida. You want to look ahead to what uh, Smith and company are going to have this year at uh, Illinois, if it interests you. You've got Akron, UConn, and Eastern Michigan as the non-conferences. And um, in the conference, the good news for them is they get Penn State off the schedule. Ohio State not on the schedule. But from the opposite division, they do rotate Michigan in there. So uh, it's really not much difference. Yeah, so they've got to get much better, certainly. All right, what do you think about that? Y'all let me know the countdown. Let's see. I could peek ahead here and just kind of give you a hint on what we'll have on Monday. Monday's show, we'll have two teams because we'll go with uh, day number 97, which would be Sunday, and then uh, day number 96, which would be Monday. So Monday will be 96 days. Uh, Roger and I are going to talk about it and see if we go live on Monday or if we come back with you on Tuesday. Because we could come back on Tuesday with it being holiday weekend and uh, and really load up on the teams and the countdown. I'll just go ahead and give you a hint. If we come back, however we can do it, by Tuesday, we're going to have some teams from Conference USA. We're going to have one on, on Tuesday in the countdown from Conference USA that you are very, very familiar with. So um, just a little bit of a hint there (laughs) Uh, coming up. Yeah, y'all let me know what you think about the countdown. We'll do that as we get on into the summer and some other teams. At times, we may take a look at some coaches and even interview one for the countdown, and and it'll help us keep track. Today, teams number 98, 99, we are inside of 100 days until August the 31st when the college football season will kick off around here for us anyway. And I hope also that you've enjoyed the coverage this week live from the SEC tournament. Looking forward to seeing family and seeing if uh, State or Ole Miss can make that run to the championship this weekend. They just got to continue to stave off elimination. Uh, thanks to Caleb Hamill, who joined me this week here in the press box as we uh, knocked out some shows and some of the people who stopped by, Bart and Brett and Parrish and others that we talked to, for everyone that has called this week and interacted with baseball. Thanks so much for that. Don't forget – that if you're just tuning in and you need it on demand, there's a couple of ways to do that. If you miss a show or you ever want to go back and listen again, or like you say, maybe there's something you you missed, um, check out thezone1059.com. You can get it on demand, thezone1059.com. And anywhere you get a podcast, look it up. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, they're all there. Search The Matt Wyatt Show. And you'll be able to subscribe to the podcast and get it on your phone on demand every day when the show is over. Again, appreciate you tuning in to my coverage in the Farm Bureau studio on location, live in Hoover at the SEC Baseball Tournament. Y'all have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. See you.